Brian, today we are talking about if listeners who are becoming real estate agents want to become a buyer's agent or a seller's agent. I hear real estate agents all the time start to discuss that they want to be one and one, not the other. You've got a ton of experience in this space. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think you need to understand between the two, like what you're actually going to be doing. I feel like a seller's agent is very educational. Like you need to be able to go when you, when you really are thinking of yourself as a seller's agent, you're basically helping somebody understand the value of their home. And personally, I think this is one of the most difficult things in the world, right? Because especially when you've put a lot of money into your home. I mean, I literally had somebody try selling me a house, telling me that their house was worth millions of dollars because of this tile that they put in their kitchen that was imported from Italy or something. And so as a seller's agent, you got to understand it's very educational. You got to understand the market. You got to understand market trends. You got to know what's going on. And you got to be able to articulate to somebody who has this overinflated and unrealistic view of their home, because that's what it is. It's a home. It's not a house, right? It's a home that it has exponential value that the market can't recognize, right? Yeah, that's and like this, putting a mod on your car and everybody yeah. thinks you can mod your car and then you're going to add up all the mods you put on your car and then you're going to sell it for that price. It just doesn't work that way. It, it doesn't work, right? So. I always tell, and I've always coached a lot of my agents and a lot of my investors is you have to be logical in your thinking and understand that you're selling a house, but you're dealing with somebody who's letting go of a home, right? So there's this educational piece to this to help somebody really understand what the market's saying this house is worth. So there's that educational side of it. On the buyer side, uh, my buddy Art, who runs the I Love Real Estate School, he says this all the time, you become real estate Uber. So. You got to know that for buyers, we're, we, we don't make decisions very quickly. And you're going to show home after home after home after home. My wife, Myra, did a really good job with this when friends started asking her for help on buying a home. Now, remember, my wife was more of a seller agent because she would only sell our homes that we would flip. Okay. So she was defined more as that seller's agent, but she would also be the agent that would represent me or our company in buying the home, right? But when we bought a home, I did all the due diligence. I had all the numbers. I put in the offer. She was my agent that would contract that. So what she did with friends, she would say, give me the specifics and I'll send you specific and we will not go see a house until you've truly identified the neighborhood, the home, everything, because she did not want to drive somebody around forever. And so it's a balance that you have to have as a buyer's agent, at least from what I've seen in my experience. Are you okay driving somebody around all day, every day, every single weekend, or at the drop of a dime when they want to see a house? Or have you built enough kind of respect or rapport in your business to say, I will find you the house with the specificities that you've given me, the specifics, and we'll sit down and talk about it on paper and then go see the homes that you specifically want to see for that specific person uh, purpose to move in. So there, there are two different roles, but if someone's now deciding based on sort of the progression, they've come through school, they've done an apprenticeship like we talked about in the previous episode, and now they're, they feel like they have to make a choice. Do you think they need to make a choice or do you think they can be both at once? Or where should they really start to focus now moving forward in their career as a real estate agent? Yeah. So personally on that, 
on that type of question. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in don't niche yourself. Like you should always look at every way possible to make money. And so as being a licensed agent, I would look at both being a buyer's agent and a seller's agent just to leave my doors open in that if somebody calls me and says, I need to sell my home, I don't want to say, well, let me hand you off to my seller's agent because I'm a buyer agent. However, you know, and, and people can have their opinions on this. It's going to come down, I think, to where you feel most passionate about. You know, real estate is about relationships. And there's going to be people that just love that process of helping somebody find a forever home. And I've met agents that have this niche of just like loving that process of helping somebody picture in their head where they're going to live, the kids they're going to have, the memories they're going to build, right? Because it is an emotional thing. And then you also have other people that love being able, that are very analytical. They love looking at markets. They love looking at the numbers. They love analyzing things and helping people understand the true value of the home they have in comparison to what the market is telling them and how to position that properly on that market to get maximum dollar. Um, a good friend of mine, Steve Budzik out of Illinois, he runs a real estate brokerage called iCandy um, I Realty. He started a program, which I thought was phenomenal, called a fix and list. He's an investor and a real estate agent, but he has a big team back, um, back uh, behind him. And he can go in and a person says, I want to make top dollar to my house, but it needs some work. He'll do the work for them. It's pretty interesting. He puts a cloud on title, right? He puts a lien on it for the work that he's going to do because you don't want to get into this HGTV, love it or list it (laughs) type thing, right? So he fixes it up. He adds value to the home and then he sells it. And so he helps people through that process of making the maximum amount of money off of the home that they have by adding some features to it or painting it up, fixing it up, and then listing it. And then he gets to share in that profit, Brian? Is that how that works? Well, he's he's the agent that lists it. So he'll bring in... um, It depends on the situation. He's done it where he's brought in his own money and Mm -hmm. his own contractors, but he puts a lien on that title. He puts a lien on title that says, basically, when they go to sell this house, he gets paid. Um, And then when he does sell the house, he gets his commission, plus he gets his management fee from doing the work. Uh, but it's still an upside to that homeowner because they've made way more money than they would have in its current condition. So for a seller's agent, again, from my experience, and that's what I'm I'm coming from, these, you know, the years of dealing with them, both with my wife and others that have sold our properties, is this analytical mind. I feel they have more of an analytical analytical mind to understand numbers, understand the market, see what's going on, market trends, to be able then to go in, sit down, educate a homeowner to let them know. I know you want to sell your home for $5 million in Illinois, South side. That's a three bed, two bed, right? Like, but we're not in California and you're not in Silver Lake. Unfortunately, location is everything, but your house is really worth $250,000. And to be able to help somebody walk that line and understand the value to then agree to sign that contract and have them list that house, I think is, is another passion that somebody has to have in that educational piece. And I think one thing that we didn't talk about here yet is a seller's agent, you're going to have to walk that buyer through there. And look, you as the real estate agent are motivated to sell the house for as much as possible. So it's 100%. not as if you're, you are going to be possibly the bearer of bad news. If you're here in California, you'll probably be the bearer of good news because it'll probably go for over asking prices yeah. in today's market. And, yeah. but I say, but should be, and as a seller's agent, you need to understand that you are probably going to need to do open houses in 
lots of areas of this country because they you've got to get potential buyers in there. They want to see the home. And that means that you will be working on weekends and that you will need to build a open house team because doing it alone is extremely hard. And I know that this episode isn't about building your team. We're going to do that in the next episode. But if you're going to be a buyer's uh, seller's agent, I'm sorry, you really understand what doing that, what, what that means. And you're also going to be marketing that home which means you are going to incur a cost on that, which is going to come out of your commission, which then leads us into not thinking of yourself as a real estate agent, as a person, but as a real estate person who is running a real estate business. Yeah. And there's a big difference between that. And I, I think we'll go over that in the next episode, but maybe you can say a few things before we jump out. Yeah. The other thing about the seller's agent, so... I would say first and foremost, I'm a little biased on this, right? Because I'm an investor first. I think all sellers agents need to be networking with investors, cash buyers, because the other thing about being a seller's agent is not all agents are going to sell every house. And this is where I made a ton of great relationships was I would call agents and let them know if you have a house, see that, that, that isn't kind of list ready. Agents want to put their face in front of a house that can sell fast because that helps them in their marketing, right? Sign went up, sign came down. People are going to be like, dude, they sold my house super fast. They don't want to put their sign, their face up in front of a house or a sign up in front of a house that's going to sit on the market for a long time. And so as a seller's agent, it's another thing you need to think about is how fast can you sell that house? Because that works in your favor as being an agent that can execute on a business plan for that person to make them money and get them moving on where they need to go like get them moving on to the next house. <clears throat> and so I would say for sellers agents, especially if that's what you're going to be, that's what, that's the road you want to take. Definitely network with uh, cash investors and network with them in a sense of understanding their business to then help both the seller get what they want and the investor get what they want without really offending anybody. Because I'm telling you, people are going to get offended. My offers a lot of times were so low. I had my own agent say, Brian, I can't, I can't tell them that. And I would just tell them, listen, it's just an offer. It's what the numbers say. Just give it to them because we don't want to assume anything, right? We don't know the person's you know, standing on everything. So just give it to them. If they say no, no hard feelings on my side, just let them know this is where they're at for a cash buyer. And then continue onward and try to see if you can help them get the money that they want. I think summarizing, I think it's good if you're just starting out as a real estate agent to try both. There's not one good or bad. They're a little bit different. You can be both. You're not going to be be both by yourself, which is going which we're going to talk about in the next episode is thinking your, yourself as a business owner and then the other episode building your team and who you need. But try both, see which one you like. Both of them effectively make the same amount of money in the, in the commissions, so you need to decide how you want to spend your time. And if you decide to do both, you you are going to need uh, to build a team. Any last yeah. things that you would say about this? No, I would just say really think about it ahead of time. Try not to fall into somebody else's plan like anything. I think when we get into the aspect of running this more as a business versus a person, uh, we're going to talk more about being clear on your vision and understanding how you're going to execute on those goals and that vision to be able to get the ultimate outcome that you want. Brian, this has been awesome. Hey, listeners, thanks a lot for listening. Check out the show notes. You can reach out to Brian, follow him on social media, me as well. 
And we'll put all that in the show notes. And if you have any questions, please write in. We have a contact information, uh, contact email in the show notes that you can reach out. And we will read your questions on the air and give you some answers. And we'll email you back to let you know when we're doing that. Hey, Brian, thanks a lot. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. See ya. Bye, everyone.